Hello everyone, this is Going Beyond Salvation. This is episode 39 and this is your host Jess Robinson. And today's kind of probably going to be a short episode today. Um, as I was doing the daily reading, um, just a lot of the the reading was broken up into sections and I kind of want to be able to go over um, with in the book of Matthew. We're in chapter 24 in the book of Matthew, and that part is the Olivet Discourse, and it's huge because it talks about end times, and I feel like that one needs, like, its time so that we can go over it all the way and talk about what Jesus talks about, and, um, and, and so that it's just not broken apart. It could just flow smoothly, and, it was the same way with Psalms and, and Proverbs. Those got broken up. And, and you know that we just kind of wait until we get through the Proverbs. Um, once we get into the actual Proverbs, the smaller bits and pieces will actually just keep going and talk about those. But um, So today we're just going to talk about the reading in Exodus. And it's actually kind of interesting because, you know, as Moses goes up, He's up on the mountain now, and he's he's going to be there 40 days and 40 nights. And it's in this time that the Lord sets out instructions for this tent known as the tabernacle. And it, you know, the tabernacle was the sanctuary. It was a place set apart for the Lord to dwell in Amon and meet with his people. This is where the sacrifices happen. And this tabernacle was actually... Um, broken into different sections and I feel like one day I want to be able to do a um you know a breakdown of the whole tabernacle and the symbolism behind it and you know in this tabernacle we've talked about the tabernacle we've talked about the ark um and now you know, and this tabernacle as well, it's pointing to, to heaven, a heavenly tabernacle where, where Christ is our heavenly priest for eternity. And, you know, um, you know, constantly making intercession for us. And so now we're moving on into the other furniture of the tabernacle and, and how this was to be instructed. These are the instructions he's giving Moses at the time. And the, we talk about this table. And it's made with acacia wood. And he gives the dimensions. And what ends up happening is, um, you know, we see that there's a lot about gold greens for them to carry it. And that's just because they were going to be journeying. Um, during this time and so but he was with this table there was there was going to be what was called the bread of the presence put on this table that it was going to be before him at all times before the Lord and this bread represented the Lord's presence that that sustained Israel in all of life and it also points to Christ um, who is the bread of life it points to him. It points to his body that was that was broken on the cross for us. And then 
there's the lampstand, which is known as the menorah. And, you know, that you see, the menorah that you see with Hanukkah and all of that. There's the menorah. And the menorah, or known as the lampstand, um, it had seven oil lamps. And this was to continually burn. And the land, or the not the land, I cannot talk today. <laughs> the the lampstand, um, that light represents God's light, the light of Jesus that will never be extinguished. And so that was the lampstand. And then he talks about, you know, he kind of gives instructions how this tabernacle is to be done. And these are exact instructions, you know, and it had to be constructed according to God's pattern because it was his house and he was the designer. Um, And it's just the same way with us with salvation. And, And when we take communion with God, it's only on his terms and according to his pattern revelation. We can't make it our own way. And also in the daily reading in Exodus, there is what is called the curtain. And the curtain, um, as I said, it was, this tabernacle was separated um, into different sections. And so like, and so this curtain, there was what was called the holy place and the most holy place or known as the holy of holies. And the holy place was where the priest prayed and gave thanks on behalf of the people. And then there was God's dwelling place. And there was this curtain that separated the two areas. And what this is picturing, it was picturing the solemn truth that that humans could not freely approach God because of their sinful condition. You know, access to the most holy place was severely restricted. Only the high priest could enter, and that was only one day a year to represent the people, and that was only, then only, if he brought with him the blood of an atoning sacrifice. And so there was always that constant reminder, and... that... This was not complete, that, you know, this was just temporary. And it was a constant reminder that the way for us to enter into God's presence had not yet been provided. Jesus had not come yet. And when Jesus came and he died on the cross, and we're going to see it in the book of Matthew, we're going to see... um what happens when he's crucified, when he dies, there's still a curtain at the temple that separates the the most holy, or not the most holy, but the holy place and the holy of holies as well. And that curtain is torn into, like it's torn into to represent that we could come into God's presence because the way had been done. And that is through Jesus. You know, he did it by shedding his blood on the cross and his body also represents the curtain that at the time of his death was torn and that now we can enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. We can enter in the holy of holies by the, by the blood of Jesus. And so, 
Um, so you have the that, and then we also talk about or read about the altar of burnt offering in chapter 27. And that one is where we he is instructed to build an altar. And, you know, this is where they perform the atonement sacrifices. Um, you know, it's also, you know, it's, it's called the altar of burnt offering. And this was used for the sacrifice of animals in order to make atonement. Um, and the blood of the sacrificial animal was put on, on the horns of the altar and poured out at its base. And what it emphasized is, you know, and, and that is something that was, you know, established is the wages of sin is death. However, God would accept innocent blood in the place of sinners. Innocent blood. That's why they used um, newborn lambs and, and all of that because they were innocent. They were pure. And so, and at, but you know, the thing that was the problem though, in that time, it wasn't complete because yes, the blood would, you know, atone for, for the sin, but really it was just on the outside. It wasn't dealing with the inside. And when Jesus came and he died on the cross and shed his blood, his blood cleanses us from the inside and we become new through the blood of Jesus and through his resurrection, we are made alive in Christ. You know, we die to our old selves. We die to the sins that hinder us. But Jesus, you know, made the way, you know, we're brand new in Jesus and we're alive in him. And so as, you know, as we're continuing on, we're seeing a lot of, you know, things pointing to Christ. It, and at that time, it was just, it was pointing to Christ and, and who he is, you know. And, and as we continue on, we're going to continue on in the next few days talking about, you know, more about the tabernacle and how the priests were to look. And, and their garments. And there was symbolism behind that as well. And how the priests were to be consecrated. Because, you know, they themselves were also, you know, sinful. They were human. They were flesh. You know, they had sin. And so they had to be consecrated as well. And in all of that. And so as we continue on, you know, it's going to continue on more and more. And it's going to be really neat. And as we continue on and talk about this and, and so, you know, and a lot of people have a hard time and I want to be honest, you know, I've got some time here, but, you know, it was hard for me to read Exodus after, you know, the story where they leave Egypt because you've got all these instructions and it's like, oh my gosh, it's so boring and like people have a hard time with Leviticus and, you know, it's what is so neat about the book of Exodus is 
a lot of it is just, it, it keeps pointing back to Christ. You know, when we look at the tabernacle, it, you know, it's pointing to heaven, it's pointing to Jesus, you know, and at that time, you know, they, you know, they didn't realize that that's what was going to happen. You know, they, this was just a temporary thing that was pointing to, to, to the redemption that, you know, God had for us. And so, you know, and, and even now, you know, I look and I read and it's just like, oh, this is really like, it makes you think about it. And so as we continue on, it may seem challenging. And like, especially when we get to Leviticus, I will be honest. Yeah. Leviticus is hard to read because there's so much talked about, but you know, God had a reason behind everything. And so we'll, you know, it's, it's going to be exciting as we continue on. And so that's pretty much it. It's going to be a short episode today um, just because I want to save Matthew 24 once we're complete and just go over it. Um, And just, and I'm still debating about whether to just have that as a bonus episode and, or not. We'll see. I'm thinking probably not because we'll, I think we will be finishing Matthew 24 with this next reading. Um, And so uh, for the next reading, um, just read Exodus chapter 27, verse 9 through chapter 29, verse 4. Um, Psalm 22, verses 19 through 24. Proverbs 4, verses 7 through 9. And then Matthew 24, verses 29 through 51. Um, I'm going to end in a prayer and I just want to thank you, Lord Jesus, that for what you did on the cross for us, Lord, and that Lord, I just thank you, God, as we read your word, it's just this big, big story, just showing about your love for us and how you, you set forth a plan to redeem your creation And that, Lord, I just thank you, God, that, Lord, even though we didn't deserve it, you still brought Jesus to die on the cross for us and and that he rose from the grave. And that, Lord, I just thank you for the blood that atones us from our sins and that, Lord, we're made brand new. And that, Lord, I just pray for anybody that is struggling with feeling condemned, Lord, today. I just pray that that condemnation would leave for we no longer live under condemnation no more. You know, we are alive in Christ and, and that, Lord, I pray your joy would just come upon us, Lord. I continue to pray that, Lord, you would just speak to our hearts and everything that we do. And I just want to thank you for your continued love, for your continued manifestation in, in your word and that your word is alive it's living, it's active, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And so, Lord, we just thank you for that. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm.